Welcome to episode 556 of the Entertainment 2.0 podcast brought to you by the digitalmediazone.com. I'm Josh Pollard. I'm Richard Gunther, and this is the show that puts you in control of your favorite movies, music, shows, and games. We are back, baby! Finally. Yeah. It's been so long. I don't think we've ever had a break as long as this last break. No, I don't think we have. I think we took three weeks off, if I have that right. I I think so. Yeah. Well, you know, we were busy. We were, both of us, well, I didn't move, but you moved. Right. And I was in the process of buying a house, and that takes a lot of time and resources. And so that's done. We're back and hopefully back to a more regular weekly schedule. Yeah, I don't see why we shouldn't be able to do that. So uh, one thing that I also don't see why people shouldn't be able to do is send us some feedback. But I guess when we don't give them a show for three weeks, there's not much reason for them to send us feedback. (laughs) (laughs) So we don't have any to cover, but that's, I guess, okay because of the quantity of news to cover this week. If you do want to send us some feedback for a future episode, the email address is entertainment20 at the digitalmediazone.com. Okay, so uh you would think that even even three weeks, like it's May, or it was May. <laughs> most most of that time was May. How many big things could happen? Well, there were a couple of huge huge media mergers yeah like absolutely gigantic uh for no particular reason uh we're going to start with the discovery one so um discovery and warner media are now one thing um and they've they've come up with a really really creative name warner brothers discovery <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I I kind of like it. I didn't think that Werner would ever 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 give up the Werner brand because they have been adamant about how that you know, that had value in and of itself even though other than maybe DC and Harry Potter, most people probably have a hard time naming a Warner Brothers movie. But they managed to come up with something that honors both properties. This is a weird mix, right? Discovery. This is the HGTV unscripted, but greatly manipulated, supposedly real reality TV shows and all these movies and TV properties that Warner owns, which includes... HBO. This is basically AT&T saying, yeah, you know what? Maybe it doesn't make sense for us to be in control of a media business. Maybe we really just don't have what we need to make that successful. And by spinning this out and merging it with Discovery, each company gets like a share, respective shares of this new company. But this company will manage itself this will be its own entity everybody wondering of course well discovery plus just launched hbo max just launched what does this mean for those properties for those brands for those services and the answer is we have no freaking clue 
No, no, like no idea at all. And I'm not, I, I, I don't even want to take a guess. Like <laughs> I, it, uh, of course, all of the language that they use after a merger talks about everything being together. You're going to get all of this great content from one place. And, and when they say one place, they, they really just mean the one big company. But does it really make sense to like merge Discovery Plus and HBO Max? I don't think so. Yeah, but- probably not. But I could see them doing something like Disney is doing and bundling them, right? Yes. So yeah, Disney bundles Hulu, ESPN, and Disney Plus. Right. We could see Warner Brothers Discovery doing something similar where for a somewhat discounted fee, you get both Warner or both HBO Max or whatever it's going to be called. And Discovery. And remember, HBO Max pretty much is everything that the Warner uh, library has to offer. Right, right. Because it includes DC Comics and and all of that other stuff, too. Right. Right. So, yeah, this is going to be interesting to see how it plays out, particularly after the whole HBO Max thing, everybody getting confused about all of that. and. We are, you know, we have other HBO Max news to talk about. So do we want to just jump into that now, maybe? Yeah. If I if I had put a little bit more thought into the order of these, I would have done the Discovery HBO one second. <laughs> <laughs> but sure, let's do that. So HBO Max is doing an ad-supported option of their service, right. which... And, and I think we had talked about a few weeks ago. Absolutely. And of course, we came to the conclusion because it's going to be an ad-supported service that it would be free. We were wrong. D- did we both say that we thought it would be free? I think I, at least I was going on the assumption that if it was ad-supported, that it would not be a paid service. Maybe I mean, Hulu's ad supported and it's not free. This is true. This is true. I think maybe we were, I was anyway, overly optimistic. I don't want to speak for you. Maybe you weren't thinking that, but I was certainly thinking that. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't want to like contradict myself from, from just a few weeks ago, but I, I would like to think that uh, my, my argument back then would have been, it won't be free because no amount of ads is is going to cover the payment of all of the HBO stuff, right? And then you you made the argument of like the whole point of HBO is has always been, you know, since its inception in like the 80s that HBO doesn't have ads. There are no ads on HBO. Right. And they did at least stick to that. All of the HBO originals will remain ad-free. So that that that's really good. Uh, the other good thing is that the content that does have ads, it's not going to be tons of ads. It's four minutes of ads per hour, which is way, way, way less, about 14 minutes less than you would get on traditional TV. So yeah. that's really good, too. Yeah, and way, way less than streaming. Like if you go to, we were just talking about Discovery, if you go to HGTV Go, 
you're going to watch like eight or nine ads at every ad break. Yeah, that's bad. But this isn't all good. Like you're you're getting the five dollar discount. I I don't know if we mentioned the price already. It's it's going to be ten dollars a month instead of the fifteen dollars a month that HBO Max normally charges. But you are losing some other benefits. That four K streaming that HBO rolled out uh, when they premiered Wonder Woman eighty four, you ain't getting. If you're only paying ten bucks a month, it tops out at ten eighty p. Speaking of those same-day movie premieres like Wonder Woman, you're not getting those either, which is not surprising. Like That was the super obvious thing to cut from this service. And then the other thing that you won't be able to do is download content for offline playback. All of those seem like pretty fair concessions for, for five bucks a month. Yeah, I don't know. Based on... This being a paid service, and I didn't think it was going to be. Again, I will admit that was a flawed uh, hope or perspective. But really, $5 off and then you're going to cripple it? That seems so un-HBO. That seems so un-premium for the network that has been the premier premium network for content. This, to me, suggests that the executives at Warner, at AT AT&T, weren't seeing the revenue from this, the pickup that they Mm -hmm. expected from this service. And so they want to make it available more broadly. And the way to do that is to make it cheaper. And the way to do that is to, you know, kind of pare it down and throw ads in. Right. Yeah. I, I think that's exactly what happened here, for sure. All right. Well, the other major merger was Amazon, you know, that place that you buy everything from. Mm-hmm. Bought MGM. What? <laughs> $8.45 billion for MGM. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, hey, fun fact. Uh, that's just about five times what Google paid for YouTube. <laughs> so MGM. One of the early legacy studios and all the catalog that comes along with that, which includes Bond, Rocky, ton of other stuff. They also do production and, and own the rights to many other TV shows. They at least aren't selling, I would say, at a fire sale price. But for all of the intellectual property that this comes with, this and compare that to YouTube, that just, I don't, I don't think know. that's a very fair comparison. YouTube was 15 years ago. Yeah. And it wasn't anywhere near as big then as what it is now. Good point. So it would sell for less than YouTube is worth now. Far, 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 far less than what YouTube is worth now. Right? I mean, that's kind of my point. Right. But um, I, honestly, I, I'm curious what you think about this. Like, what is your reaction to this? Maybe this is the wrong thing to say when, when, I'm, when I'm a podcaster on this type of show. But I, I just don't really care that much. Like, I don't think this really impacts me all that much. Right. Like, I'm already an Amazon Prime subscriber. so. I've got Amazon Prime Video and 
cool. I'll be able to watch some of this stuff that like of the examples that I put in our notes, James Bond, Rocky, Handmaid's Tale, Vikings, The Voice and Shark Tank. James Bond is cool, I guess. I don't love James Bond nearly in the same way you do. None of the rest of that stuff I even care about. So whatever. And I don't think it's going to mean that like, I don't, I haven't seen anything that says that they're going to stop making theatrical movies, right? Like that would be kind of nuts. So, okay. It's just the, the library goes to the other service that I'm basically all always going to have because I'm basically never going to stop paying for Amazon prime. So do you think that's true? Do you assume that prime members will just get the MGM library built into Amazon prime now? Yeah, I would think so. Okay. You're, you're thinking they might charge extra for it. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, you know, one of the things that comes with MGM is epics epics. It was mm. their kind of, you know, uh, catalog slash indie, not really indie, but you know, it, it no, was their little would project. Typically call like catalog titles, right? Like right. N- not, not the big name stuff. Right. And it's the stuff that the, uh, MGM is always just kind of shuffled off to, um, to Netflix and things like that. Yep. Yep. And today, if you want epics, you have to pay for that channel in amazon so at at the very least i might think that that content at least just gets blended in with the amazon prime service but i don't know what it means for the bigger name titles like will we see bond films on amazon before they're available on other streaming services or maybe even on cable that would be interesting because this puts them in a, a, a pretty interesting position to play hardball with whether these blockbuster movies that they occasionally come out with are going to be on cable. And if so, what they're going to get for them. Right. Well, and, and I I could see it being the case where they still release movies in theaters. They still release them on cable TV. They're still available for all of the digital purchase and rental services that you can do everywhere, you know, Apple, uh, Google play, all of that stuff. But instead of eventually maybe going to a Netflix, they're only available on Amazon prime, but, but maybe that's me being optimistic. Cause I think that's best case scenario. Hmm. I don't think exclusives are best case for any consumer, but <laughs> well, I mean, right. But, but there would be no reason for them to say, sure, sure, Netflix, you can have the next James Bond movie on, on Netflix. Like, why would they do that? Yeah, they probably would not do that. Uh, speaking of James Bond, uh, just before everybody gets all excited and thinks, yay, we can get a James Bond series on Amazon. Probably not unless the Broccoli family agrees to it. Right. Because... The the Broccoli family owns all the creative rights to the James Bond franchise. So anything that happens there is still going to be basically managed through their company. But, and I, I know nothing about this family, but if they're primarily in this for the money, then they, they got a pretty sweet deal here because Amazon is, clearly willing to spend the money they they 
they're spending $450 million on a Lord of the Rings series? Like one season of a, of a TV show? <laughs> I, I, I'm willing to bet they're going to throw some money at James Bond. So. Yeah, I'm sure they am. I am. I'm sure they are. And I know they talked about that a little bit on Cord Killers too. I, I mean, I, I think that the history shows that the Broccoli family has been pretty savvy in how they have managed their, I believe it's father's uh, legacy uh, as the, uh, as the force behind the Bond films, there has always been the Broccoli name front and center on the credits of the, of the Bond films. And they've always had uh, a play in everything that has been going on. So, and they make good money for that. And they also ensure the integrity of the franchise to some degree. They, it's not like he wrote the Bond character. He didn't create the Bond character, but he had the rights for Phil, that, that character in film. Mm. And that's what's so interesting about this. Cause there've been numerous James Bond authors, which is a completely different financial situation but right yeah i think this is interesting i think this will be interesting i think that amazon will very likely make some of its catalog available i don't think it's going to be all of it i think that um they they may kind of you know experiment a little and play with this but the thing that i want to make sure doesn't happen is that when united artists was kind of the the partner or owner of mgm for a short period of time, MGM Films became United Artists Films, but they didn't lose the MGM branding and lion, right? Like there was still that opening sequence that we've come to know for, I believe, literally over 100 years now. I think so, yeah. So I hope they don't take that away, right? Like I hope they don't ruin the legacy branding that this company has had because despite its financial troubles over the years there's so much there that brings back memories for so many people right everybody loves seeing that lion roar at the beginning of a movie yep also by the way are we now going to get the amazon resort in vegas no no more mgm resort is it going to be the amazon resort (laughs) (laughs) just kidding i don't think this has anything to do with that really they they replaced the MGM letters I think, with the giant smile. I think I don't know if anybody <laughs> knows. Please write in. But I think that's really just a licensing deal now. All right. Well, how about some Apple news? Absolutely. And there's a bunch of Apple news. So the the video story that's on the Apple side is about Apple TV coming to a bunch of Android based devices. Now, this has been going on for a while. Google TV has had Apple TV for several months now, actually. But most most recently, it's now available on NVIDIA Shield devices. And what I think is really cool about this, they're doing something that they're not doing on other Android devices that I'm aware of. They're adding some sort of AI-assisted upscaling for HD content to 4K. So, you know, you get everything that you would get with Apple TV on any other Android or Google TV device, but only on the NVIDIA Shield are you going to get this 
more specialized upscaling. And Josh, I don't know if you remember, but back in the day when we would go to CES and they would show us demos of upscaling, the AI-based upscaling that companies were talking about, even before we believed that AI was really AI, was almost always better than just general upscaling because they're taking into consideration what's the context of this color on this thing in this scene when they decide how to... Uh, you know, how to upscale it, how to handle uh, anti-aliasing and edging and stuff like that. So I'm kind of excited about this and you might be in a position to check it out at some point. Uh, For sure. In fact, probably quite soon Um, because I mean, I've been telling Jen for months that we should watch Ted Lasso soon, but she finally heard from some other podcast or something that, that she should listen to Ted Lasso. And she's like, hey, I think we should watch Ted Lasso. Wow. Jeez. Yes, I agree. <laughs> I feel ignored. I should have been saying this on Instagram and then maybe she would listen. I don't right? know. She always listens to you over me. So <laughs> I, I don't know. So, yeah, I mean, I've got two devices. Well, frankly probably three devices, including my TV, because I think Apple TV Plus came to my Vizio TV. It's now on the NVIDIA Shield, and it's been on my Xbox Series X. So I've got plenty of options to choose from here. Plenty um, of options. But yep. the but the NVIDIA Shield with, with the 4K upscaling, like the reason that the NVIDIA Shield is able to do this and your, your $50 Chromecast isn't is the NVIDIA Shield is way more powerful than a Chromecast, which, which is, is why, why it's costs way, way more, more expensive. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, those things are like 140 bucks now. I, I think the, the new model is, they used to be 200. So yeah, it, it, it makes a lot of sense. Although aren't most of those Apple TV plus originals 4k already. Yeah. So the Apple TV content, that's not what you're going to care about. It's going to be, if there's some, maybe TV shows or something like that, that you're watching from catalog, then that is going to be something that um, it's going to be able to upscale. And I like that. I think that's really cool. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, what is maybe less cool is the stuff that's been going on, on TiVo and at TiVo rather. And of course our friend Dave Zatz is all over it. He has been following the moves at TiVo. And by moves, I mean that a bunch of key product people have been leaving TiVo. The senior vice president and general manager, the vice president of product, and some others from the TiVo team are all gone. Remember, TiVo was acquired about a year ago or so. and People are wondering what exactly is happening, and it isn't helping that, for example, as Dave wrote about about a day or two ago, if you go to Best Buy and you search for a TiVo, they don't sell any anymore. You can get to a TiVo page that lists one product that they don't stock anymore. So he's been wondering what's going on. 
the latest, literally today, the day we're recording this, an announcement that Walmart is now selling the TiVo Stream for $30. This is the thing that was supposed to come out for $79, and they launched it at $49, and then they've been discounting it to $39, and now you can get it for $30 at Walmart. So what is going on with that? Now, Dave has some comments on his most recent post saying that he's been in touch with folks from TiVo that have been kind of adamant that, no, 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 we're not out of product. There's product stuff going on. So maybe there's actually a new wave of things coming out and we just haven't seen it yet. But these changes in leadership and in uh, the overall kind of availability of stuff have a lot of people wondering what's going on at TiVo. And we've been asking ourselves for the last six months, what's going on at TiVo? Yeah, this doesn't sound good. Uh, I, I think that they're probably done with with these types of consumer products. Dave offered some speculation about essentially just offering software for other devices and seems like a pretty decent theory. I mean, it's it's a lot easier to just make software than to make software and hardware. And considering Google took their feet out from under them with the, the Chromecast launch, like we, we talked about on probably the last episode. Yeah. What strategy do they have going forward? Right. <laughs> yeah, it it's frustrating. Now, one thing, this is not something that's really news, but Dave also has found that there are some patent listings for some new TiVo remotes. And one thing that we know that TiVo does really, really well is their remote control. Even on the TV, TiVo stream, the remote control is really good and really functional. And so who knows what this is going to look like if they're doing software. But, you know, if you're using TiVo, you could use the TiVo remote. I don't know. It, it's cool. I, I I mean, it's cool that they're staying in the remote business anyway. I don't know what to think of the rest of the hardware. Yeah, I mean, I mean the remote business could just be that they're making the remote for the set-top boxes that other people are going to run their software on, right? That's possible. Yeah, All they right. do make great remotes. Let's move on to audio, and I'm going to start this off with another Apple story. Apple Music it announced kind of out of nowhere a couple of weeks ago that they were going to make, I, I forget the term that they use for it, but kind of uh, multi-directional sound uh, surround sound and lossless audio available for free as a part of Apple music. And it's supposed to be happening this month. I don't think it is available, but if you're an Apple music subscriber, then you will get this new high quality audio, lossless audio from your Apple Music service. There's a couple devices that it'll work on, you know, their iPhone, iPad, Mac, Apple TV, pretty much anything that you might expect. But interestingly enough, you can't actually get lossless audio from their headphones. Like the things that you listen to audio closely with around or in your ears. You mean you're not looking to get lossless audio from your iPhone speakers? 
Like that's that's not what you're going for, Richard? Generally not so good. I mean, you Apple mean, TV. You mean you might want lossless audio on your $550 Apple Beats Pro or whatever the crap the really expensive headphones are that they make? Yeah, you might want that. Yeah, not, none of that stuff is going to, no. So yeah. there's a couple things that's, that are going on here. So first of all, the Bluetooth spec just simply does not support their lossless audio. In fact, I don't think it supports any lossless audio, actually. So that's problem one. The other problem is that their own speakers, the HomePod and the HomePod Mini, currently don't support lossless audio, but they are going to get a firmware update that will allow them to support it, hopefully in time for the rollout. But as of today, they don't support it. So that's something that's going to have to change. Now, you might say, oh, but I have those new Pro Max things and there's a cord I could attach that and that'll play. Yeah, um, that isn't going to work either, at least nope. not initially. We don't know if that's ever going to work, but but it's not going to work out of the box now. So this is kind of weird. It's kind of weird that they're like, okay, hey, we're going to do this, but it's so limited. and. I don't know if it this is just a failure to communicate or a failure to plan, but this seems kind of bungled. Yeah, for sure. Especially considering those Pro Max headphones or whatever the really expensive ones are called. Like Apple doesn't just make hardware. Like they don't just make headphones the way Anchor makes headphones or Wise makes headphones. It's they don't just show up at some you know, Chinese factory in Shenzhen and say, get, you know, give me these speaker drivers and, and this chip. Like they make their own chips. Like this is something they should have been able to do. And they just didn't like, it just, it does seem like an absolute failure in planning. Like you're going to release $550 headphones knowing that you're eventually going to support lossless because it's also their own lossless codec. Right. It's not Flack or you know anything like that. It's the Apple lossless codec. Right. <laughs> right. Good point. Good point. You would think, yeah. Yeah. So this is going to be interesting to see how it plays out. It, interestingly enough, Edward's been asking me, you know, I want to get a speaker that I can play some music in the office with now that he's gone back to the office and he doesn't have our Sonos speakers in his office. And he's used to using Apple Music now because he has it here, he has it in the car, and now you know, he can't use it at work except on his phone. And he's not going to do that. So I've been thinking he should get one of the original HomePod speakers. Right. Before you know, be before they stop making them, because they are really good speakers. They sound fantastic. They would be great in his office. And it would be pretty amazing when they get lossless audio and playing that over those speakers. I mean, I don't think our Sonos system is going to sound that good. <laughs> Probably so, not. Probably yeah. not. I mean, I, I don't know if you'll be able to tell the difference, but... I don't Probably know. Not. I don't know. 
Probably not. Well, okay. So four hours after that happened, what else happened, Josh? Well, but but before we move on to that, or I mean, oh, may, okay. Well, maybe as part of that, we we can talk about the, the other part. So yeah, four literally four hours after <laughs> uh, <laughs> Apple announced this, Amazon's like, oh yeah, we've got that too, um, for free. Yeah, I know we've been we've been charging you five dollars a month for. Or uh, Amazon Music HD, if you're an Amazon Music Unlimited subscriber, but we're not going to do that anymore. Just just because we're nice, like we don't, <laughs> we don't, we just don't want to charge you anymore for it. Not prompted by anything. No, completely so. unrelated to anything that might have happened t minus four hours earlier. So, <laughs> <sighs> okay. So, I mean, that's cool. Like, it, it there's nothing to complain about there, right? Like, if you're an Amazon Music subscriber, yay. Uh, everything that like the, their entire library uh, of 70 million songs is now available in HD for free. Cool. And then they've got 7 million songs that they call ultra HD, which is probably really close to what Apple's is talking about here. So that's cool. They can afford to do this. It's cool that Apple can afford to do this. What I wanted to ask you about is what's your take on the potential anti-competitive nature of this? You know, th- there's, there's a fair number of people out there that are making the argument that Apple can do this for free, and frankly, so can Amazon, because they're making so much money from other things that they can subsidize this to steal customers away from Spotify. Right. And Spotify doesn't have any way to subsidize this stuff because Spotify only does music. Yeah, so remind me, well, in podcasts now, too, and they make a lot of money, as we know. That's true. So, Right. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> we are, like, I bought this house with my podcast money. Um, really? I'm doing it wrong then. All right. So, <laughs> what <laughs> What I'm unsure of is, does Spotify even have an HD offering now that you can pay for? No, they don't. But it's been rumored. Okay. So, they could very likely be working on a product and now they just got their rug yanked out from under them. Right. But I'm sure that if Spotify has been working on this, they've been planning to charge extra for it. Right. Right. All the rest of the competition does title still charges double for their, for their high quality service. And Amazon had been charging extra. Yeah. Yeah. And, and while, that's going on. There's also been some discussion about, well, all right, so do artists get compensated any better for the higher quality versions of the audio? Well, if the companies are charging you for it, then you assume that they are getting compensated a little bit better for it. And this is, I think, where the rub comes because Amazon and Apple can afford to just pay the extra cost for the higher quality uh the higher quality streams or master or whatever you want to call it but those other companies probably can't so yeah right. i don't know i don't know how this is going to play out i i don't get the feeling that well i don't know what this administration is going to do but i feel like the last administration wasn't organized enough to make good anti-competitive cases against companies that were clearly doing anti-competitive things. 
So if that changes now, that could be bad news for these companies when they're doing things like this. But Apple could say, well, hey, Amazon's doing it too. Right. So it's not yeah. a monopoly and they don't have, you know, that they, they don't have like more than a 51% share of the audience. Right. Right. So I don't know. Right. Don't know. It's not monopolistic. It's just anti-competitive. Right. Which, as I said, I don't feel like this government's done a good job of regulating at all for years. Yeah. Uh, well, it, it, it's a lot harder thing to regulate. Yep. Okay. Well, how about some gaming news? A little, a little lighthearted gaming news instead of government regulation, right? All right. Seems like a good. And way the to, first one is about news. Apple TV. No, I'm not covering this. This is all. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it, it's an easy one. So I did mention earlier that Apple TV Plus is available on the Xbox. Well, the app has gotten updated. It now supports Dolby Vision and uh, for for HDR video and Dolby Atmos for the uh, why Richard you couldn't think of the name of this either what what are we calling it because it's it's more than just surround sound the phrase yeah, it's, is it's just spatial audio out of my I couldn't head. think of That's the it. term when we were talking about it earlier yes spatial audio yes so essentially sounds coming from above you right so. Apple TV now doing Dolby Vision and Dolby Atmos on the Xbox, uh, really the the Xbox One and the Series X and Series S. So that that's really cool news. Uh, also, the uh, Xbox is getting an updated version of the Spotify app, and you will now be able to watch video podcast in the Spotify app on your Xbox. I didn't even know Spotify had video podcast. Like video podcasts are. Kind of a weird thing. I didn't even know video podcasts still existed, quite frankly. Right, right. Like, there, there's podcast, and then a lot of people also produce a YouTube video right. that they put on YouTube. Right. Yep. Okay. So, I mean, if you're into this, then cool. Like, lots of people use Spotify for podcasting. So, uh, being able, if there are video podcasts on there, which apparently there are, then this is a great way to watch them. It's probably the only way to watch them, uh, except for maybe casting or something like that. But I haven't tried that since I didn't know they even existed until reading the story. Um, because the Spotify app uh, on Android TV and things like that don't support this yet. So that's that's only on Xbox right now. And then the other cool thing to point out is even if you're watching a video podcast, it'll still do background audio playback because video podcast, in most cases, it's like, we're doing video here, but are we like rushing to tell people to come and watch it for the video aspect of it? No, it's just a couple of dudes talking. Um, so the the background audio playback still works, even if it's a video podcast, so that you could be listening to a video podcast on your Xbox while you're playing games. So that's cool. And then they also like to point out that Spotify's got this really nice Spotify Connect technology that enables any other Spotify app, like on your phone, to be controlled or to be controlling whatever Spotify device you're listening on. So you don't have to 
switch from your game to the Spotify app to like change to a different podcast that you're listening to. You could do that from your phone while listening through your Xbox. So that's cool. Uh, this article from Xbox Wire also pointed out. Before we leave Spotify? Yeah. It just occurred to me. I, I know what this is for. So that now, instead of just listening to Joe Rogan for three hours every day, now you can also watch him record the show for three hours every day. Talking head, three hours. Sounds great. Every day. I, I haven't listened to three minutes of Joe Rogan, so that's not, it's not really uh, my thing. Cool. All right. Well, anyway, this, uh, <laughs> this Xbox Wire article did also talk about how they've recently gotten the Discovery Plus app, the Paramount Plus app. They had CBS All Access previously, so I, I don't know if that's super big news. And then uh, the IMDb TV app from Amazon, because Amazon owns IMDb, uh, also launched. I think that was in, that might have even been in April that that app launched, maybe early May. Uh, and then also shortly after this story hit the news, there were some other outlets that pointed out that uh, Xbox, because Xbox Wire France, mistakenly posted an article that said Dolby Vision and Dolby Atmos uh, is a console-exclusive technology to Xbox for the next two years. What? Yeah. Well, that's crap, obviously. Well, it it, it did end up being crap. Uh, the article got pulled down, and Microsoft said, no, that's not true. Why did the article get written? Yeah, that's weird. Yeah. That's really weird. It seems like maybe they were trying to make it an exclusive, but it didn't happen. I don't know. It is a little weird, but apparently it's not a, an exclusive thing. So in theory, you might eventually get Dolby Vision and Dolby Atmos on a PlayStation 5, maybe. Another thing that I don't think we talked about last time, just super, super quick here, Dolby Vision Gaming is coming to the Xbox Series X and S, and it's already available for Alpha Ring Insiders or whatever the crazy early uh, beta testing group is, I guess Alpha Testing Group, uh, on, on Xbox. So you can expect games to support Dolby Vision HDR this year. We don't know for sure when it's going to become generally available, but it's it's coming. And I mean, we've had HDR gaming for a while, but it's always been HDR 10. And Dolby Vision is just better at HDR than HDR 10. So that'll be good news also. All right, so that's it for the Xbox update. The other thing to talk about here is it's now June. You know, we're recording this June 2nd. And as all of you gamers know, June means E3, uh, the the big, the, you know, the big trade show of of the gaming year. Well, last year when E3 didn't happen, Jeff Keighley stepped away and started his Summer Game Fest. And when he said Summer Game Fest, he meant it because it was four months of live streams that were happening. You know, some you know, sometimes multiples per week, sometimes you had to go a couple of weeks, but it was just it felt like never ending live streams of 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 game news. And at first it sounds great, but eventually you start to get, I don't know, like 
tired. Like I, I <laughs> you, you just can't tell like what's what's worth even paying attention to anymore. Right. And and the games media, oh my gosh, did they whine about it? They're like, oh, I miss E3. It, you know, it was a really hard week, but it, at least it was just one week. Now it's every single week we've got these events to cover. Yeah, it's your job. Stop whining. Like I I, I don't feel sympathy for you. That's just the way it goes. Whatever. Uh, but. It sounds like Jeff Keighley and all of these game publishers kind of met in the middle this year. So the summer game fest is coming back. It'll be one month in June and it starts June 10th, which is two days before E3 starts. So Thursday, June 10th, 2 p.m. Eastern, it will be the first event of the summer game fest. And he's promising a dozen world premiere trailers so it's going to be an event to watch for sure and then uh other other companies partnering with with the summer games fest little studios that you may or may not have heard of playstation xbox ubisoft (laughs) ea 2k like all of them basically (laughs) so (laughs) it's it's going to be the place to go although really that just means you're going to go to Twitch or you're going to go to YouTube and you're going to watch all this stuff. Like, I mean, it it's cool that it's all being put together through one place, but at the end of the day, like we all know how to find this stuff. It's going to be on Twitter or whatever. And you're just going to click the link and you're going to go to YouTube or Twitch or wherever to watch it. So whatever, but Jeff Keeley does a really good job with this sort of, sort of stuff. So I'm looking forward to it. And, uh, with it only being a month, that's going to be helpful. Um, even though we're not limiting this stuff to really just being in one month because well now I'm now I can't remember if it's EA or Ubisoft. I think it's EA is having their own yeah, it is EA is having their own massive event in July. So I don't know. Like <laughs> it's just kind of all over the place. But uh it it should be better than it was last year. And uh you're definitely gonna want to start on June 10th to watch whatever it is. The Jeff Keeley's put together for us. Okay. I mean, I feel weird when I have to block out two hours to watch an Apple keynote. Yeah. How do you, do they put out a schedule so that you know when to see what vendor and when they're doing world premiere stuff? Or is it just good luck catching it? There was trying to remember last year and last year was a, a tough year to remember details from, but, um, I think there was some amount of a schedule, but you wouldn't always get a ton of notice. Like it it might be in three days, we've got 2K. Okay, cool. And for the consumer, that's fine. If you're in games media, that's probably not ideal, but yeah, again, whatever. It's fine. Nintendo's been doing it for years. They're like, hey, tomorrow at 5 p.m. is a Nintendo Direct. (laughs) <laughs> and no one ever complains about that. So whatever. Okay. That's it for our games stuff, Richard. What is going on in your entertainment center? I- I'm I'm looking at your list for three weeks. This is not nearly as long as I had expected. This is not as broad as you might expect, but it's deep. Ah, so okay. let's look at the normal stuff. This is us had their season finale, new Amsterdam still going two episodes left. And I think at some point before the season is actually over, they're also going to play the original season 
premiere from earlier last year, which was supposed to be a pandemic episode that they shelved and said that they would play when this is all done. So we'll see if we get that or not. Been keeping up with the news with This Week Tonight and Real Time with Bill Maher. Um, you know, these are not news shows. These are opinions of the news shows, but usually pretty entertaining. Uh, Mythic Quest is back. Season two. And I was worried if season two would be good because that mid-season thing they did was not. It's good. It's really good. I'm thoroughly enjoying it. And again, if you are the kind of person who is a software person or a gamer and you have Apple TV, check this out. It's fun. I think you'll enjoy it. We are almost finished season four of Kim's Convenience. Watch a bunch of that. I started a new series on, I believe it's HBO Max called Hacks. This, I don't even really know how to describe this. Um, and I would do better if I knew all the characters, but basically Gene Smart, known from Designing Women and many other characters since then, has this series where she's kind of like a has-been comedian in Vegas, and she hires a uh, an intern to kind of be her PR or writer or whatever. It's It's a weird... I'm a couple episodes in. I can't decide if I like it or not, so I don't know if I will stick with it. We finished The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, so that was the second... Well, I mean, it seemed like season four, and we were finishing off season four, but they called it the second half of season two, so whatever. It's over now. The series was awesome. The finale was really disappointing. And I had read that, and I didn't want to believe it, and they were right. Also, I mentioned uh, that when uh, the Netflix original series Special was on, I had binged the first season of that about a year ago. Second season hit, I binged it within two days, half-hour episodes. That was pretty cool. I also, again, re-binged all of... Ted Lasso. Now, I had a reason for watching the entire series for a third time, and that is that this weekend, a dear friend of ours that we haven't seen in about a year and a half came to visit and spend the weekend with us. And I said, Hey, have you seen Ted Lasso? It's like, No. I'm like, All right, here we go. This is what we're doing every night. We're going to watch a couple of episodes of that. And she absolutely loved it. Next season starts in about a month or two. I'm very excited about that. We watched the Netflix original movie, Mitchells versus the Machines. This is delightful. It's weird and quirky, but absolutely delightful. A, a lot like Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, if you remember that movie. I highly recommend watching this. It's slow to get into. But it is fun and weird, and I think anybody who likes that sort of family comedy animation thing should enjoy this. And then finally, I had mentioned that, geez, I think it was last fall, I was reading 1984, and I got waylaid with some other books and had put it down, and I'm back to that now. But I'm totally cheating by listening to it now on Audible, which is a little bit easier That's since I have a... It's not huge cheating. driveway to power wash this spring. 
<laughs> it's not cheating. Audiobooks is still reading. <laughs> so that's it. That's it. Not a ton of stuff, but a lot of each thing. Right. Right. Like entire right. seasons of things. Yeah. So. No, that's good. That's good. All right. So for me, it's also not a ton because, like we mentioned, I've been busy moving. So watched some of the NHL playoffs, watched a fair amount. Um, all of the Penguins games, unfortunately, they're out. Uh, very disappointing. Um, and then, you know, a, a fair number of, of other games too to watch. Uh, and then on the gaming side, not a ton of time to play that either. In fact, I, you know, I, I had to disconnect my Xbox at some point in, in the move. So it's not like I could Was play it. Was it the Xbox last thing tonight. you disconnected and the first thing you reconnected? Um, not quite, but you're not that far off. <laughs> you're not that far off. No, uh, I think I I think I disconnected the Xbox the night before we moved, <laughs> but it didn't All get right. hooked back up for a, a couple of nights. I think so. Yeah, uh, but but when I was playing, I played a fair amount of a new game from EA. That is on Game Pass. If you have Game Pass Ultimate, it's part of EA Play. And it is a game called Knockout City. And it is a dodgeball game. And it is so much fun. It's sometimes it's three on three, sometimes it's four on four. Uh, there's like special balls that will like, you know, when you're holding the moon ball, you jump like you have moon gravity. And when you hit somebody with it, they fly like they have moon gravity. Like it's just, it's really fun. It's really fun. Uh, so a, a fair amount of knockout city, a little bit of NHL, not much. Um, and that's pretty much it for what I've been watching. Now, some of you, those of you who follow me on Twitter may have noticed that I, in all of that moving and packing and all of that, ran out of podcast. So it was time to listen to some books. And so I asked for book recommendations and Richard, along with quite a few other people said, what about Andy Weir's new book? I had no idea Andy Weir had a new book. And if you're like, who the crap is Andy Weir? He's the guy who wrote The Martian, which is still one of my all-time favorite books. Absolutely yeah, loved me too. The Martian. And Richard, I am so glad that you and other people recommended Project Hail Mary. I finished it. It was so good. If awesome. you liked The Martian, you're going to like Project Hail Mary for sure. It, the like, I, I don't know how he does it, because these are just books of scientists describing the science they're doing, and it's the <laughs> right. same thing here. That That's all it is, right? That's all it is. But it's so good. His... I, his his sense of of humor totally connects with me like it's really good um i finished it a couple of days ago jen started listening to it today she's you know a couple hours into it she's in love with the like it's just it's really good you have that's, to check out project hail mary if you like so i'm so glad to hear that i've heard great things about it i want to get to it next I was a little bit put off because I heard so many negative things about his second book, Artemis, and I didn't know if, you know, I I could just depend on this being 
objective reviews or people who really like Andy Weir. Hmm. And it sounds like it was, in fact, just a really great book that if you like The Martian, you should like. I can't wait. Can't wait. That's awesome. Yeah. You need to make some time. Like, put down 1984 and go read this instead. (laughs) Put down 1984 again. (laughs) Right. You can come back to 1984. It's fine. Uh, And then, so I, I moved. And that meant kind of figuring out some of my home entertainment center stuff. So I I didn't buy a bunch of new stuff. You know, I basically moved everything that, that we had, you know, at, at the old house. Uh the the living room had our our Vizio TV and it had my Yamaha receiver, my giant Boston Acoustics tower speakers for the front, a Boston Acoustics center channel, and then I don't even know, like just some random speakers that I was using for my surrounds because they're surrounds. It doesn't really matter that much. (laughs) What? You just need to be able to hear something. It's not like they need to be amazing. You just need to be able to hear it, right? (sighs) So like you're not listening to music through your surrounds and stuff like that typically. So um, Jen said she didn't want the giant speakers in the living room anymore. (laughs) And... I'm not surprised. Frankly, I'm surprised that she put up with it in the old house for so long. So that meant that I had to come up with another solution for the living room because there was no way I was going to use the TV speakers. Like it's not happening. So I did some research on soundbars. Um, Wasn't willing to spend, you know, hundreds or, or a thousand dollars on a soundbar. Um, just i'm just not like that's that's not the money that i need to be spending right now after just buying a house um and i'm the only one who cares like jen doesn't want to listen to tv speakers she's she's got a good enough ear to know that those sound terrible but she doesn't care about the audio quality nearly as much as i do so it just needed to be pretty good so i did what everyone does and i went on wire cutter from the New York Times and looked at their articles on on soundbars. And I think the one they recommended was many hundreds of dollars. And I'm like, well, no, that's not happening. So what what's their budget pick? And they recommended the JBL Bar 2.0. And they said it's really good. It, even without the subwoofer. Like there's there's this one and then there's a slightly better version that has a subwoofer. And they said even without subwoofer, it's really good. I said, and I thought to myself, I don't know where I'd put a subwoofer anyway. I'm not sure the Jen's going to go for that. Let's just take a chance on this JBL bar 2.0. I think it retails for 150. I bought the renewed version from Amazon because I've always had good luck with refurb stuff for like 120 or something. It's fine. I like, it's fine. Uh, I, I don't, <laughs> I don't love it. It's, it's okay. It's definitely better than computer speakers but like if this was wire cutters budget pick it makes me wonder just how bad all of the other ones out there are because it's not great like i I don't know that i would definitely like go out and recommend people buy this one it's it's fine it's it's not something that i enjoy listening to music on it's it's okay for music but it's not i don't but but i'm used to like giant tower speakers for everything right <laughs> so right. i don't know it, it's just fine um 
And if you're wondering, like, well, okay, so what happened to the giant tower speakers? Well, currently they're in my office. <laughs> I'm loving Win. it. <laughs> right. Um, I do, like, I, I did ask Jen, like, what would you think of us eventually turning it? The house has a finished basement. Um, what would you think of us eventually turning the basement into a home theater? And she was totally in favor of that because Jen's amazing. And so in a home theater, she, she would be fine with those speakers. So maybe they'll end up down there someday. Uh, when, when that becomes more of a priority, that's not a priority right now. Um, but that's, that's pretty much it for changes to entertainment center stuff. Um, actually that's not entirely true. There's one other change. I don't have an antenna in this house. I'm a cord cutter. who has been watching over the air TV and oh, I had like installed the antenna at the old house in the attic and stuff. And I was like, I'm not messing with that. I'll just leave it at the old house. And, oh, and this new house is further away from all of the antenna from the towers. So I'm going to have to get a new antenna and figure all that out again. So well, but wait, 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 check to see if you have low cast service. Oh, I five or six that. bucks a month. And you usually get, like 20 local stations. And I, I and I only need four. <laughs> well, right. But I mean, you know, it's it's all the the dot two, dot three right. and and all those other things too. But yeah, check Locast. They they have been expanding, so you might be able to get it. That's that's a good call out. I'll have to look into that. Yep. And interestingly, although I know this isn't what you use to watch your TV primarily, the TiVo stream now integrates Locast into its guide. Oh, right, right. Well, I, I was thinking of pulling the TiVo stream out um, because I I still have my old 720p plasma. It's just been sitting uh, since I bought this this Vizio, and so I thought I'll just throw that in the basement for the kids. Like, I'm not going to go down there and watch TV. They don't care yeah. that that TV sucks. So. I was thinking of throwing the the TiVo Stream 4K on that because they're they're using the Nvidia Shield TV TV on the main TV, so right, they're right. they're totally good to go with with Android TV. So might actually cool. put the put the TiVo to use again, the TiVo Stream. Yeah. All right. Well, that is it for what's going on in both of our entertainment centers, and that's it for the show. So if you'd like to get a hold of us, we are on Twitter. Richard is at Richard Gunther. I'm at Josh Pollard. And the website is at DigiMediaZone. All the rest of our contact information is over at TheDigitalMediaZone.com, where you can also find all of the show notes for the show, links to all of the stories that we talked about tonight. You can also come back and watch us, you know, because we do a video podcast, apparently, right? That's what this is. So Is that what this is? I, I I, according to Spotify, that's what this is. So uh, <laughs> we're, we're not video podcasters or we're just audio podcasters who stream on Twitch every Tuesday night, usually at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. <laughs> I'm saying that on a Wednesday, by the way. <laughs> so follow us on Twitter to know for sure when, when the show is going to be live. We love chatting with you all while while we do the show. So follow us, subscribe to us on Twitch to get notified there. Um, and then hopefully we will see you back next week because that's going to do it for episode 556. He's Richard Gunther and I'm Josh Pollard. 
Thanks for listening to Entertainment 2.0. Adios. Goodbye.